This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What is going on, Blenders? It's Sean O'Connell, the Managing Director here at Cinema Blend, and this is our very first attempt at a real blend audio commentary uh, for a movie that we adore. So I've invited along uh, the the other heart beats of Real Blend, uh, the the beating heart hosts of the show that you guys like to tune into on the regular, Kevin McCarthy of Fox Five in Washington D.C. and Jake Hamilton of Fox Thirty Two in Chicago. Hi, boys. How are you? Doing well, man. Jake, <laughs> this, this is going to be um, unusual. So what we did a while ago is we put a poll up on our Twitter feed and asked you guys which movie you would like us to run a commentary for. And the thing is, it had to be on Netflix uh, currently because there's a lot of movies that we would choose to do commentaries for. There's something like Solo, a Star Wars story, or I know a lot of hey, people tried to hey, write hey. in Forrest Gump uh, for me to be able to comment on that. But thankfully, uh, David Fincher's The Social Network was there. It was one of the entries that we put on, and um, and we're going to press play on it right now. Boys, what are your expectations of uh, of our first commentary track uh, and and choosing Social Network? Well, also, I mean, keep in mind this was you know at our live show when we did our favorite movie of the decade. This was right. my number one. This was this was my choice. And even though uh, whenever we all got to make a choice, that was one of the options that people voted on. Even though this wasn't my choice, because I, I my choice was Road to Perdition. Like, right. it's it's amazing that that I lost, and the losing option that we're watching is my number one favorite movie of the decade. So it's this is this is a best worst case scenario for me. Yeah, I'm interested in uh, in kind of how the commentary will work. Are we going to be more reactionary? Are we going to be more like factual in regards to what we know about certain scenes? I think I think uh, I think a middle ground of both of those, I think, would be fun. Um, I, I'm just interested to see how we're, how we're all going to react to it before. I don't think we've ever sat down and actively watched a film together and talked our entire way through it. So no. oh, that's no. right. Time. Yeah, we normally don't talk through movies. I've never done a commentary. Um and it's all I've never done a commentary for a movie that's not mine, obviously. Um so it's like it's almost like commentaries are generally something a director does, right? Or for their own film. So we're gonna be commenting on our reaction to Fincher's masterpiece, which I'm is a, very cool. I'm a little worried about like 
turning full Chris Farley and just like every moment being like, that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> that was cool. I also legitimately feel bad. I, I actually feel bad talking over Aaron Sorkin's dialogue. Like, I just don't feel like that's something we're worthy of doing. Um, but we're about to do that for two straight hours. And I'm going to point out that because you heard him chuckle briefly, uh, Gabe is joining us. Uh, but Gabe is going to be joining us via audio only uh, to punch in with some uh, humor, we hope, uh, some trivia that he has compiled and just uh, observations as it goes through. Unfortunately, all my humor is visual, though. So I, it's only for you guys, I guess. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> He's he's very visually expressive, and we're the only ones that are going to yeah, get to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't <laughs> yeah, guess. Very true. All right, so why don't we dive right in? Uh, so, Gabe, how do we know if they're lined up to press play at the exact same time that we are going to press play? I will count us in. So, okay. yeah, I'm going to hit play. I will count us in three, two, one, and hit and say play and hit play, and then we should be synced up and ready to go for the rest the, the re- duration of this episode. Cool. So we're using Netflix Party. This is a uh, that's how we're doing it. Yeah, yeah this is streaming on. Uh, Netflix. So what we uh, think you would be able to do is press play on the movie, turn the volume down, and then listen to us uh, talk over it. So yeah, and you know, hopefully this will be the new definitive version of David Fincher's The Social. Do you Network. find oh. it interesting that? <laughs> do you find it interesting that Rashida Jones has the last line of the film? Yeah, I always found that to yeah. be an interest. I always wanted to ask. Baby, uh, either, we'll find out, man. Baby, let's find out how you feel about it two hours from now. Man. Yeah, I, was, I love All that right. we're already commenting on the last <laughs> scene of the movie, and we haven't even pressed play yet. All right, I'll count us in. All right, I'm hitting play in three, Wait, do we all press two, play at the same time? one. No, I hit play. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just watch. All right, I'll hit it. You just, you just watch. You look pretty and watch. There it is. All right, three, two, one, play. This is exciting. I've never seen this movie before. Wouldn't that be a trip? I will say one thing that's interesting about films are when a score kicks in right as the lo- studio logo pops up. Sometimes you just have the studio logo, then you go right into a scene. I wish Columbia messed with their logo more often. Yeah. Like Didn't they mess with does? it for did they mess with it for Zombieland? Yeah, yeah. Zombie was like I wish they did that more often. So here's my question. This this scene was 99 takes, literally. Oh, yeah. So which take is this i don't know if they ever declared you, what take it was or is it a well, mixture sure it's a, probably a I was gonna say, you think it's just one take yeah. you know what's exhausting about 99 takes of something like this is the oh. people in the background who have to constantly yeah. be yeah. pretending that they're talking yeah. and having because they add well, all like the filler sounds later don't they like the music and like the background sound like don't they, well, add, they like, did- doesn't everyone have to be quiet so typically they do but for this scene uh, uh, specifically, they pointed it out in the the documentary on this that um, Fincher actually had everyone talking. That was a real thing. Like the two of them felt like they were in a bar, and usually that's all done silently. Uh, but it's all real. It's all yeah. right there. Later but- in the film, there's there's a there's that scene we'll get to obviously with Justin Timberlake and and Eisenberg in the club together. Now that mm. music was added later, for sure, and they mm. had to talk. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. They had to talk at a volume. But we'll get to that later. But it's different from how they did this scene. Okay, but I have a question then. If they add all the background sounds later, how do you keep that consistency so that it's not choppy when if you're like cutting between take, you know, 47 and take 52? That might answer the question that this is all one take then. If it might be one take. It has a ton of camera set up. Oh, God. Could you imagine having to do this? Well, I guess like I guess stage actors do this. Sure. Oh, I, I, I'm, I bet you they ran this scene through 99 times fully. Right. And yeah, and we're yeah. just watching a version of that scene. 
you would hope that at least one in 99 was pretty close to perfect. You know, <laughs> I, it's so funny because I'm, 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 I always argue or talk on this show about 35 millimeter film, but I think Fincher is one of the few people on the planet who, who works digital into the way he tells his stories. I mean, considering social network is a digital story, it's about Facebook. Yeah. Um, I, I, I find the clarity, but also the crimson colors of Jeff's cinematography to be just so fitting for this film. It, it feels like a digital film and it's okay though, because it's a digital story. It's about the digital age. So that's why I always found it interesting in, in Steve jobs when Boyle did 1635 and digital as the yeah. progression of time, since this is present day, I guess at the moment, I guess it would be digital. I but think. dude, this is lit so beautifully. Like, Oh yeah. I could almost argue this looks as much like film as uh, as a digital film is going to get. I would That's agree. because there's smoke in the bar. Yeah. So I think the smoke is adding the grain effect for you. Um, if okay. this was shot like in a somewhere else, I would imagine it would be a little more clear. I do agree with you. It does have a film look to it. But I I also, you know, Jeff Crenenworth uh, could have also added uh, grain to the film as well. Also, uh, I love Rooney Mara. I, just, I also love this piece of score because it's just a chill chill piece of music it's just dome, yeah. down to down, the boom, boom, boom. score and after it, this with like over the credits i almost find like a horror movie kind of like it's almost like a scary score like after this, this song scene, plays like, again the, right is that what you're saying no like so when this scene is over and he leaves the bar and he's walking around campus the score that plays then, and I'll, I'll bring it oh, up in a couple of minutes. Whoa, but like, it, almost, like yeah, it almost feels like a horror movie. See, I always feel like I get like a weird, like 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 we're seeing the the birth of a monster kind of kind of feeling. I, I know what you're saying. There's like it, it's the part where he's running to. Is, no, is this the part where he runs in his sandals in the snow to his room? That's later on when he. That's finds later out. on. That's yeah, later. that's that's, that's um. Isn't that when he comes up with the relationship status? I think the same score plays in that scene that you're referring to. <laughs> I. This dialogue is so good. I've seen this movie so many. Like, I just want to sit here and just like say the dialogue with them. It's so good. Oh, I love that line. Dating you is like dating a stairmaster. What's interesting about this scene, by the way, is it, this. Like any great dialogue, like I would put this in a reference to like a Heat diner scene with De Niro, Pacino. It's people acting with words that speak as if you're watching an action scene with full blown intensity. Like this scene is basically people using words as bullets. And firing yeah. at each other as yeah. dialogue versus guns. Yeah. And it's like you're watching an epic fight go down yeah. with just words. I was also, just so. Oh. Go ahead, Jakey. No, I was just thinking, like, this is my favorite scene in the movie. And then I thought, like, well, no, it's this other scene. And then I thought, oh, wait, no, it's this other scene. Like, I cannot choose what my favorite scene of this movie is. I think well, my so, favorite line in the whole movie is Does that question, what is it? Oh, adequately uh, does answer, adequately your answer your condescending question? question? That sounded like a fart, by the way. Did you guys hear that? It did. Um, I was going to point out that uh, this scene is beautiful. The whole structure of this screenplay is impossible. It's virtually impossible. It shouldn't exist. Um, But basically what you realize when you know the whole story is that this conversation that kicks off the movie is his motivation to create everything that he creates. That's his origin story. Slighted by her. Yes. And Fincher and Sorkin figure out the perfect times to bring her back in. Uh, to remind him, mm-hmm. like, no matter what you're accomplishing, here's this girl who rejected you that uh, that sent you down this path to to create this site that allows people to rate other people. 
I have a question for both of you. Why do you think he italicizes the first names of the of the talent? Is it is it is it a visual thing? Because Finch, Fincher is known for his openings. Obviously, Fight Club is one of right. the greatest openings of all time. But I have to imagine there was a reason why he I gave the first names italics. And I would imagine maybe it's it's probably a visual thing, right? I never noticed it. Yeah, I, I honestly yeah, never noticed I. it. Yeah, that, I, I was actually going to ask that. that. Is this his most like subtle? Because his opening credits yes. are they're always notable, yeah. but this is like the most. How did the it game? Open? It still feels. Say that How again? does the game open? Uh, I don't know if I remember. I think I want to say the game is more similar. Like it's definitely. I don't think it's a like, like a seven or a Fight Club opening. I think it's more similar to this. Seven opening this is, is still, aggressive. Oh. Wait, this is still really subtly themed in that it's like the it, they're loading on like an old internet connection. You know, like it's still. Oh, I like that. Wow. It's still personalized to the film, but it's not as over the top as, you know, over the top is the wrong word, but not as like bombastic as most of his other openings. Guys, I love that we are doing this. Yeah, there's a sound design um, that's coming up in the film that I, I really want to pause on when, when we get to it. And I'll and I'll I'll mention it when we get to it. But can we pause? Th- is that a thing? No, 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 not pause the video. Oh. I mean, like, I want to, like, listen to it. Uh, I want to show you guys something. I think there's an interesting uh, match cut he does with the editing and the sound. I want to tell you screenplay by Aaron Sorkin. So this is the one you, you guys had have... Sorkin sign. Yeah, I have. I have the front page oh, of this awesome. script signed on and framed on my wall with my picture with Sorkin. And and because they because you know like during award season the four year consideration like we get a lot of four year consideration scripts. And I had just interviewed Sorkin for this. Uh, and then a few days later, got a hard copy of this script, the four year consideration. And I considered awesome. this to be like one of the all time greatest scripts. And I held on to it for almost 10 years thinking like if I ever see him again, uh, I'm going to have him sign it. And he came into my studio and I interviewed him for Steve Jobs and I brought it in. And, and I brought that thing with me from Texas. And it, by that point, it was like kind of beaten up or whatever. Uh, but awesome. yeah, he, he signed it. And I think he wrote like, thank you for holding on to this. You know, see you soon, Aaron Sorkin. And I framed that. Um, with my picture with Sorkin on my wall. I I love that story. I remember I remember how happy you were when you got that framed. Oh. By the way, did you see how sloppily he puts that beer on the table? He has yeah. no regard for the computer whatsoever. Yeah, I, you know that, yeah, that's that's a good point. I also just noticed too, in seeing that, he opens the fridge and all the beers are facing one way except for the one that he grabs. And that's- he's so OCD that you think they'd be lined up all specifically the same way. Except he or, takes the one that's not facing that way. Or does okay, he wh- take the one that's not facing that way so that, like, he did, like just get it out of the way? Like, let me just go ahead and drink that one. Maybe. As a writer, Zuck why do you it. think they slate 9.48 p.m.? It's such a specific time. And I understand it's showing the progression of the evening. But what yeah. 9.48 has to be, like, that's the well, only time they show. This would, this would, is within the frame of them in court or like in, in the in like the the the, the court preparation testimonials so like yes. it, it would be like that kind of conversation okay at 9:48 he started doing this and this and this and this and this but is 9:48 a real time or is that just a, a time sorkin wrote there's 10:17 yeah these might be real times but they're so random yeah they are but see oh, look it's in his blog it's in the yeah. code maybe the yeah. code maybe that you think sorkin used the real times probably i wouldn't yeah. go past him I, he strikes me as the type that would want to know like exactly when it, like he wouldn't want to get it wrong. I've seen this movie a million times. This is the first time I've noticed the guy in the green shirt behind him. Oh, I've really? always been <laughs> I've always focused on Zuckerberg in the, or uh, in that sequence. I never noticed the green shirt. Did either of you have meat books in college? No. No, I so when Facebook kind of started coming around, uh, I was in 
it was my senior year of high school, and I remember people wanting to like hurry up and graduate because you used to have to have an edu email address to right. sign up for Facebook. You used to have to be a college student. And I oh, remember really? people going, oh, I cannot wait until I get my college email address so I can sign up for Facebook. There was like this website everyone wanted to sign up for. And then whenever I got my University of Houston, like jake.hamilton at uh.edu, then I could finally sign up for Facebook. That's um, listen, funny. L- listen to the editing of the music in this scene with the way he cuts the shots. It, it moves like a music video. It is it is so fluid and so perfect. And it encapsulates you. And like to me... Fincher has nailed immersion. You are in at this point. You are already in. He's got you. You're done. And now you're along for the ride. And I feel like it's all in that editing. It's all in the editing. The idea of um, frat boy college guys wearing suits but hats on backwards is such a college thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I never, and, and the, for so many reasons, one, I wouldn't have been invited. But uh, two, I was also doing junkets at the time. This hey guy at the time. I never did this. Jake, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. do you recognize that guy on the couch on the on his bed there? Is that Mazzola? He was in a movie. He was yeah. 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 Who is it? That's, it's the guy, it's the it's the bass player from Bohemian Rhapsody in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was also in Jurassic Park. That's the kid. Oh, yeah, Joe yeah, yeah. Mazzello. Oh, that's funny. Right there. So we had a meat book um my freshman year in college. And I, you held on to it all year long because you used it to meet people. Like you Wait, was it a physical it book? A physical book that you were handed. Um, That's that cool. was everybody's, largely it was your senior year of high school picture uh, that was included for freshmen to get to know each other. And it had your name and your hometown and what dorm you were living in. So clearly by the time we get to this point, they've got all this stuff online. Um, but... In a really funny story, we did the uh, orientation program at school, and I was one of the orientation advisors bringing in the new students, um, and Michelle was a year below me, and all the orientation advisors that I worked with knew that I had a crush on her, so they <laughs> cut her meat book picture out, and they blew it up into a picture frame, and we were supposed to do a skit um, in front of the parents where I'm the kid who's going away from uh, to college and my uh, hometown girlfriend is is going to give me a picture frame of her in order for me to take it with her uh, with me to school. And my friends put the photograph copy of Michelle from the meat book into the picture frame. In the, and they didn't show it to me until we were in the middle of the show doing it. Yes. So I looked awesome. Down and I right, right here. Right here. Here it is. Here it is. Listen to the squeak of the marker and the and the score. Well, it's already passed. Sorry. Oh, I like you were talking over it. Basically, um, it, the the squeaking sound of his marker. Listen, this is the score here. That's what the marker sounds like. That's he awesome. Matches it That's perfectly. awesome. Oh, I hear it. By the way, uh, I and Sean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut your story off. It's just That's that, that scene. That scene what hit. story was he telling? No, he was telling. No, he was telling a story about his about his uh, about Michelle. Oh, I was over. I finished it. The picture was in the frame. That is the guy from Jurassic Park. That's funny. By the way, I think that Andrew Garfield delivers the best performance in this film. I think it's the best arc of the whole movie. Better lawyer up, asshole. That's interesting. Lauren ran into Sorkin at the Critics' Choice one year and actually quoted the F.U. flip-flops line to his face, and he started laughing so hard. I just, I'll never forget that. It was like Lauren talks about it every once a week in the house, like how she got to say the F.U. flip-flop line to Sorkin. That's funny. 
I would argue Eisenberg gives the best performance in this movie. Yeah. It's I think so hard I gotta go to with pull Eisenberg. Off. Eisenberg is great. one note, though. It's a great performance, but he doesn't change in the film. Well, you could argue that that's, that's just Zuckerberg. No, I know. My, my point is, though, like, if I'm, I'm talking about, like, a performance from an emotional standpoint. I think mm-hmm. that Garfield actually is the one who who changes the most as a, as a character. And actually, I think that's harder. But I mean, see, I, I, listen, I think I, sometimes it's hard to, to not to be as cold and emotionless as, oh, as Eisenberg is. I think Zuckerberg's great. I mean, I think Eisenberg's great in the movie, but I just realized they're both their last names end in Berg. Just thought about that. That's why he got cast. He's like, Aaron Zuckerberg, Eisenberg. They're like, you're hired. Did you guys ever see, um, the Liam Neeson, Ricky Gervais sketch. I don't think so. No, where he, he makes like he starts like making a list of all like the jokes because you see he wants to do stand up comedy and he's making lists and he looks down and he goes, you see, I'm making lists. I'm good at making lists. In fact, that's why Steven Spielberg cast me as Schindler and Schindler's list. <laughs> it's I love this line. This would be more for the Super Bowl line. Oh, Good line. Great line. Don't, and, you, and, don't and you wish we could all speak like Sorkin wants us to speak? <laughs> and that line gives so much weight to it with just yeah. one sentence. Like that line makes it sound like what he did was a big deal. It's so smart. And you know what? His scripts are not screenplay e like if you yeah. hear people talk like they would in a bad screenplay, you're like, oh, well, that just sounds like yeah. scripted dialogue. Yeah. But Sorkin writes how people actually might talk. But what I find really interesting about this film is the score is in almost every single scene. Yeah. And the score matches Sorkin's dialogue so perfectly that I, I really would love to know if Atticus Ross and, and Reznor had any ability to work with the script and figure out the beats of his dialogue, because Sorkin's dialogue to me flows like music like it goes it, it, there's like this beautiful flow says, to yeah. it so I I wonder if the score like does Sorkin like if Sorkin doesn't like the score and it doesn't fit his dialogue does that become yeah. a conversation between Sorkin and Reznor and, Ro- and Atticus Ross you think I have no idea so I want to point out that this is the first time that the movie breaks away from the uh, all the action on the campus that we've been watching and they don't make any I it, I love the fact that in a way they don't do a you know, five years later or like they don't yeah. qualify what time this is happening. But what, and I want to point out a couple of these examples as we go through them, because now we're tracking the court case. And then at one point he's going to say, I'm in the middle of two court cases right now. Yeah. And that's where they start to roll in the Winklevosses and all that stuff. But there are moments like when later on, when we get to the point where they have the um, the um, f- uh, fraternity that Eisenberg was pitching when. Um, well, I'll just talk about it when we get to it. But it's amazing to me that in the middle of a scene It'll cut back to what's happening in the past, what they're talking about during the court case, back to the scene in the past. And I I just can't wrap my brain around how Fincher was like, okay, well, we don't need this part of the conversation because we're going to do it at the courtroom. Yeah. Uh, So I need to get your answer to what is going to be said in the courtroom. Uh, And then they so they would only shoot Andrew Garfield at the party, giving that portion of it like that's blows my mind. It shows great control. But also one of the things I like, let's talk about how. I was going to say how good this this uh it was this 2010 yeah. 
yeah. and they replace his face yeah. and how good yeah. it looks. I, I, I'm telling you right now. Uh, so I walked out of this film the first time I saw it, and I remember going up to the uh, allied representative, the person who was asking for quotes, uh, and she said, what would you think of the film? I said, the people who played the twins, the two guys, were phenomenal. And like, and she was like, well, that's just one actor. His name is Army Hammer. And I'm like, what? I had no idea. So Josh Pence yeah. is the gentleman who plays the other twin, and he actually has a cameo in the film. I'll show, I'll oh, show it to you later on. So That's I was funny. talking to Lauren about this. Apparently in the documentary or the Blu-ray, when Josh Pence was cast, I think they were originally, I think I think this is true. They were originally yeah, going to have right. both of them play the characters, but they weren't going to be identical. And then they eventually decided to, to face replace him. So Army was identical because the Winklevi it's later it's a really it's a really sad story where they were screen testing and everything as fraternal twins yeah and he got a call from his agent and they're like hey they might uh <laughs> they might be replacing your face with army hammers yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, and, and these shots are unbelievable. before they shot it like gabe said these shots are unbelievable because you by the way that sandal shot i always wondered if josh brolin's sandals in uh, sicario were were a little bit of an homage to that i just don't care kind of attitude So Josh Pence, uh, he sits there next to Army Hammer. The face replacement, as Gabe was saying, is absolutely incredible. It looks flawless uh, as you watch those two. I think the line later, I'm six foot five and there's two of me. Oh, so great. I'll point out Josh Pence. Is yeah, I want to see where he is. He's in the scene. Remember when Jesse Eisenberg? Oh, I'll, 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 we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Is this Hammer's first movie? Or was he in something before this? It was his breakout. I don't know. Yeah, not to a point where he would have been recognizable, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I I interviewed I think him. It, I, I think cool. it was the first time that I remember seeing him. I always feel like he he hasn't quite connected with people. I almost feel like maybe he needs to take a like a Colin Farrell route where like maybe he's not going to be in like the big Lone Ranger type of blockbusters, but maybe more like independent films. Yeah. Um, like I thought he was great and sorry to bother you um so like yeah. maybe more films like that mm-hmm. what i love about Go- this movie though is that like it doesn't dumb it down. like it almost asks you not ask you demands that you keep up like it's gonna it's gonna yeah. change between a couple of different storylines the dialogue is crazy fast and it's not gonna slow down for you like it, it basically says like look i'm a good movie and if you care enough you'll pay attention put your phone down and follow along do you guys know the uh inaccurate line of dialogue in this film no. All right, it's coming so. up. It's coming up in a little bit. It's a it's actually factually not correct the way it's said. <laughs> I wish the, they drew the, yeah. Oh, his his face that's always was sad. <laughs> Like, I always think I always feel like his face is sad in that moment. Like, I, you, like, I feel bad for him. You know, part I feel bad for him the most is later on when he approaches Rooney Mara's character in that restaurant. Yeah. And she won't go anywhere with him. And I just and I get I understood her side of it, but I did. Yeah. St- I still felt kind of bad for him. But it, it, the but, reason but, why I feel bad for him is because of Rashida Jones last line of the film. I don't think he tr- I really don't think he's an asshole. I think that he's just like he, she said, he's trying too hard to be. But I also I feel like is he an asshole. That's a good question. He in that moment, he didn't genuinely feel bad Wait, about what he did to it. her. What?
It's about what they do in school. I don't know if it's here. That's not that's not how you say it. So it's either we row or we crew. We row crew is actually inaccurate. And I I, I read somewhere. I remember hearing somewhere that like they knew that line was inaccurate on set, but it actually st- it just sounded so good that they kept it in. Interesting. That's weird that that. Uh, I guess maybe they you know they they did a few dozen takes, but the Josh Pence actually rode crew at Dartmouth. He did. Right? I think he said against the Winklevi. Did in real yeah. life. So that's kind of weird that that would make it because he was there on set. I know. Well, no, apparently on set, uh, it got brought to the attention and they still okay. and they kept it in. That's what I've heard. It does sound more. It sounds better. Kind of. It Yeah. Yeah. We row crew. We sound, row, well, the reason why I feel like they kept it in is because it, it fits the Sorkin arc of dialogue. Yeah. We row crew. It's like it's like we row crew. Like you say, it, it, you can't say we I guess you could say. Well, we but crew. wait a second. You don't even need the line. Why does he have to point out that they look like they hit the gym a lot? It doesn't I pan actually out like anything. We row crew. I like that line. Hmm. I don't think it's necessary. Well, doesn't it? Doesn't it harken back to like the conversation he just had with Rooney Mara, where he's talking about like what what guys who row crew look like? Oh, and yeah. then that's like that's what they look like. Yeah. Well, and also in that scene, he says, "Did I piss off your girlfriend?" Yeah. So is he kind of coming with the like, "Are these guys going to try yeah, to kick, my, kick ass my ass" or something yeah. like that? Do you think Zuckerberg or this this version of Zuckerberg, Eisenberg's version of the character, do you think he was bullied in school? Like, do you feel like he built that in for himself? To have to have to have that concern about. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think he would have been a fairly successful guy because he got into Harvard. He seems Hmm. really confident. I'm not sure that. That he is he confident it. or is or does the insecurities go into the Facebook and the Facebook's kind of his front? Well, that's interesting because I think it's it's probably a little bit of both. He's absolutely insecure about the fact that he got turned down by a girl. Um, at, but he I think he's extremely confident in his abilities as a programmer. As a coder. I don't think he's confident uh, as a person. I think it's like he's confident as a computer. Like, like you just said. Yeah. Fincher mentions um, a bit of motivation about him where. Like when it gets to the scenes where Eduardo is like uh, trying to get into that frat or whatever and like going to those parties Mm. and he talks about for from Zuckerberg's perspective, he worked his ass off to get into Harvard and he thought like, okay, I'm in Harvard now. I'm just I'm a part of this. He's like, and now I have to work to be a part of this thing that I can't be a part of. And so that kind of makes me think that maybe he wasn't, you know. All that confident or popular, maybe was kind of thing. I don't think he was. I I, I get a vibe that he had a hard time in high school. Yeah. And has a chip on his shoulder because of it? I don't know if it's a chip. I, th- I think he actually was damaged by it. And I think Facebook comes out of an insecurity in himself. I think at least that's the way that Fincher presents it to me as an audience member. But I f- oh, by the way, Lauren, I, I have to give my uh, shout out to my wife. Lauren is obsessed with the way Andrew Garfield dances into this scene. Like watch like he does like the side by like the side thing. Watch. Isn't that three eleven? That 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 little bite you just heard though. Yeah, that, that sounds like the all mixed up, all yeah. mixed up. Yeah, it does sound like that. I don't know. All right, here we go. Here we go. This is the. I wonder if he improvised this. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It's so good. <laughs> it's perfect. I honestly don't. I just feel like if it were any other director, I'd be like, oh, yeah, he improvised that. But I feel like Fincher. I mean, this is a guy that does a does hundred takes of each. Like he, he controls every aspect. It's Fincher and it's Sorkin. It's yeah. like the two people that it's like, don't touch my process. <laughs> Look at the color of this film. It's just, it's just so perfect. I'd like, I'd also like to, to re- remind everyone, this did not win Best Picture. No, nor, did it, nor did it win speech. Best Director. One Best Screenplay, right? Yeah, Tom Screenplay. Ho- Is that Hooper it? Is that all? No, and Score. It won Screenplay and Score. Yeah, well, Tom Hooper paid for it later. That guy in the DJ booth was jamming. All right, so here's an example of what I'm talking about, where they're going to cut back and forth from this conversation to the courtroom. Is the breath real or not? Yes. No, probably not. I'd say so. I'd say no. no. It might be added, but it was cold. Pretty good CG breath. Yeah. Look how good it looks. I don't think Uh, breath looks like that. It looks like CG. Yeah. They did shoot this, though, in Boston in the winter. Yeah. It might be. Yeah, this scene. Can I point out something about sound mixing and editing yeah, real quick? I mean, it's such an important quality to a movie. Listen to the background music you're hearing right now, just and and, and how toned down it is. Like it's mm-hmm. so it, it's exactly what it would sound like in that setting, and like that's a really hard thing to pull off. And I think that little detail is so important. Hearing that line over and over again um, or and revisiting it <clears throat> 10 years later, it, it does stupefy me that the Facebook model just asks us to provide a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. and we just do. <laughs> it's kind One of, of the terrifying. Best. Remember that episode of South Park where they um, they do the human, human centipad, centipad. And like you sign an agreement <laughs> but, for but Apple and you, the and best you have no part idea. Is that like everyone, the, the irony that like everyone reads every word. It wasn't like Kyle's the only one that doesn't. And everyone's like, you don't read the Apple agreement. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes in this whole film is when the guy asks him if he's if he's worthy of his time. Oh, oh it's the best. God, and the oh. score in that moment. It's that ball. But see, that's when you talk about whether he's a confident guy or not. Like, he has to have a lot of confidence to blow that guy off. In that moment, he's a billionaire. So yeah. it's, it's of course, like, he has money confidence. Like, yeah. so basically, what, what's interesting about the movie, if you think about it, when they're in those courtroom scenes, that's just wasting his time. He yes. doesn't care about giving someone yeah. $600 million. Well, doesn't he say that? He's like, like my yeah. mind is else. My mind is back in the That's offices of Facebook yeah. where me and my colleagues are doing things that, yeah. that you, including your clients, could never dream of. Right. But the money that he's losing here, he doesn't even care about. Yeah. Like he right. has he has does not even it's not bothering him. So to back to Sean's point about confidence, that's the confidence he has in that moment. It's it's the I have F you money and yeah. I don't need to be here. Also, he's so much more um, disdainful in this case against the Winklevi. Like, he doesn't even really, he really doesn't want yeah. to bother with these guys. Yeah. yeah. But in the one where he's a, across from Eduardo. Because he cares. He has a connection to him, at least. Because there's a moment later, too, 
where Duardo gets mentioned. And in this scene, uh, Mark is going to look over to the chair where Eduardo is supposed to be and he's not there. And you know he's only paying attention because he thinks his friend is involved. Kind yeah, of thing. Right. He, he, he desperately wants to be friends again with Eduardo. Yeah. And, and he just knows it's not possible. Yeah. And that's exemplified later in the chicken moment where like yeah. the, the where it like turns out that, that Mark defended him. Right. Which I always, what, what is uh, Mark's line? And then he goes, oops. 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 My favorite is, don't the fish eat other fish? The tuna and the trout? The trout. <laughs> I'm telling you, Garfield has the best lines. You guys remember when we broke down all the layers to uh, King's Speech and Tom Hooper's Amazing Direction? <laughs> we did that last week. That took We did, we did it three times. We loved all, it so much. All the ways that he clears his throat. <laughs> okay, notice notice what, just, what, what, what uh, Fincher just did here. So earlier in the movie, he planted that dart in Jesse's mouth with a green dart on there. So every time they cut back to that timeline of the film, you are remembering that's where you are because of the dart, I think. Okay. I think little things like that are very important visual cues to recognize where you are in the story. They're subconscious. And I think Fincher, I think what makes a great filmmaker like people like Fincher and Nolan is that they understand the subconscious of a, of a, of a moviegoer. They understand that like, like in this movie, they're not, giving you all this exposition they're letting you work for it but you don't even know you're working for it. it's like when you're driving and you forget you're driving and you start thinking about something else your brain takes over and still drives you know what i mean sean if you're yep. driving a car like and you start thinking about oh what am i just doing on a real blend today and then you and you literally stop thinking about driving on yeah. one aspect of your brain your brain kind of takes over and drives yep. for you that's what I think happens here. I think Fincher understands that subconscious. And I think that's why it's so brilliant because he's letting you immerse yourself in it. When I drive for you. really long periods of time, I you have forget. to convince myself not to count the exits because yeah. I just count exits. And then I just get like anxious because oh I'm not like making any progress. I right. feel like I'm not making any progress. So I do try that's to tune terrible. it out for a little while. Oh, it's awful. But how game. terrifying is that to think <laughs> that awful. your brain just takes over? It's crazy. Yes. So we're we are watching this on Netflix Party, right? It's my first time I've ever used this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's an option to become a patron and support Netflix. Like, are they like no. are they asking for my money? <laughs> no, no. So Netflix Netflix Party is a different company. Okay, it's not Netflix uh, that that made this tool. It's just a tool. Okay. It's a plugin. Right. Yeah, that somebody else. Yeah, made we're it. watching yeah, like movie Netflix. Netflix. I give you yeah. enough money as it is. <laughs> I love the. Ch- hey man, they spend a lot of money on their program. <laughs> I didn't ask <laughs> them to spend two hundred million dollars on making De Niro look younger. The way Army mm-hmm. chews that sandwich in the last scene is perfect. These little details. See, it's funny because like Fincher, when you watch this film on the surface, you don't even pick up on these things and they're all in there. Imagine how his brain works. I don't understand it. I don't get how him or Nolan think about things. Whose brain is crazier that you'd like to dive into? Fincher's or Nolan's? Nolan. Fincher. I think Fincher. I vote Fincher. I'd go into Nolan. I think Nolan is clever. I think Fincher is more interesting. Agreed. Also, Fincher's more script driven than Nolan is, though. Like Fincher's a lot more dialogue heavy. Nolan's a lot more visual spectacle heavy. plot and. Yeah. 
Yeah, this, there, you're so right, Jake, in saying that this movie does not stop to hold your hand one yeah. iota. It's like that like, that moment with that right there where he lifts a sheet of paper and for a moment you see he's just been doodling the whole yeah. time. It's just yes. doodles. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a slight. This guy is amazing. Whatever his he name is. He is good, isn't he? He, he is, is good. phenomenal. He <laughs> yes. deserves an Academy Award for his performance. He's so good. And he's so understated. I'm trying to think of what I, what I remember him in. Max Minghella's great. He is. I like it's a Max good role Minghella. for him. I think I made it this far into the movie before I looked at Rashida Jones and thought, is she going to talk at all in yeah. this movie? <laughs> She like has, I knew who she was, but yeah, she hasn't had a line of dialogue yet. It's just she's odd to be in the background because she's so recognizable. No, she spoke a little earlier. There was a shot earlier oh, where, where her, oh, yeah, him and yeah. her and Zuckerberg were in the office. It was actually a, the exact same setting that ends the film later. I, oh, no, I think that's coming up because no, they take a lunch break. It already happened. Yeah. Did it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, I'm so engrossed in your guys' stories. So Joe Mazzello, uh, I'll tell a quick little funny story about him. Jake and I were in Vegas for Bohemian Rhapsody, and uh, he was in a room with three other people from Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think I've told the story before, but he he's outside the door taking a break. So I go over to him like, hey, man, do you care if I just geek out a little bit with you about Jurassic Park? Well, I can't really do it when we get in the room because there's too many. There's, you know, you're in there. Rami Malek's in there. I you know, can't do that. So I say he goes, yeah, yeah, sure. What do you want to know? I was like, how did they eject you off the fence in the first Jurassic Park? And the story, I won't go into the full details, but like the story he told was so insane about they had a stunt person who had to be his height that had to be launched off the fence. <laughs> that was really done. Like they really launched someone off the fence. That's I just awesome. remember, I just, I'll never forget him telling me that in the hallway. He's like, Spielberg hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. He actually electrocuted me. Well, he didn't jump off the stunt person. did. It was still cool. That this is, cool. this is one of if you were to ask me like of all the junkets I've done like what are the best movies I've done the junkets for this has got to be top five best movies I ever me. did it annoys me that you did the junket for this at the Harvard Club in New York and 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 every and like whenever I was with Army Hammer we discovered that the bookshelf behind him is a secret door and so like we spent half of our interview like trying to figure out like wait are there like secret freaking tunnels. Through, and which would make sense that a building like that would have that kind of thing. But like we discovered it mid interview. The only thing that makes it OK that you did this junket is that you didn't get Fincher. Didn't get Fincher. I have a great <clears> story <throat> about Sorkin, though. So I asked Sorkin a question and keep in mind, like I, that was near the beginning of my junket career. So like I was still kind of like, you know, I, I didn't have the guts to like push for an extra. Like if I was getting the rap, I rapped. I didn't really feel like I, you yeah, know, yeah. now I'd be like, okay, I'm asking another question. But I asked one question to Fincher and he spoke the whole four minutes we got answering that question. And one, I'm Sorkin. not going to, uh, yeah, I'm not going to, yeah, Sorkin, Sorkin, Sorkin. I'm not going to, I'm not going to interrupt Sorkin. And also like everything he was saying was gold. It was just like to one, it's one question. And the whole, the person that was giving me like the time cues kept like aggressively rapping me, aggressively rapping me. And I guess like I kept like like darting my eyes and like kind of being scared and sort of like kind of giving like I don't know what to do I don't know what to do. Yeah, and, like he yeah. wants you to interrupt and him. So and he's like, tell him to and stop. So in the middle of his like answer, he like stops and turns around and goes. 
he is not tying this room up. I'm speaking to him. When I'm done answering this question, he can go. But like, you're clearly like distracting him. Please leave him alone so I can finish speaking to him. Oh my God. And then like turned around and goes like, are you okay? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And he goes, and then like probably talked for another two minutes. And then on the way out, he let loose on whoever that poor timer was. About like like I understand and the, the timer was just doing their job, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, the timer was doing their, but also like yeah. the timer was being a little like, okay, what do you want me to do? I'm not gonna yeah. freaking cut off Aaron Sorkin. In that situation, does the timer have someone in their ear though? No. That's saying no. like, I mean, the, the timer is responsible to like publicists who are going like, why are you running late? Why are you running late? But yeah. the, the timer doesn't have anybody. Yeah, yeah. I've had t- I've had timers stand up and interrupt my interviews. Yeah, as have I, and I think that is the most ballsy, inappropriate thing to do. When when he was going off on the timer, did it sound like an episode of West Wing? Only, but they weren't walking and talking. It would have made more appropriate if they had gotten up oh. and were walking together. He asked the room. him. He said, "He said, sir, can you join yeah. me in the hallway?" And they walked. You guys down ever the seen the, the episode of Thirty he... Rock where where Sorkin is talking to Tina Fey like Liz Lemon, and they start to have a conversation? He like cuts her off and he goes, "Walk with me." And they stay, and they like have the conversation together walking down the hallway. That's it's great. Funny. Why do you think they chose all for ones? I swear here. I don't it's know, a great but I song. like that no, 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 song. I love that the song. is a I'm good saying, song. No, no, no. I'm not saying it was a bad song. I'm saying thematically, why do you think they chose? I mean, it? isn't that that's the kind of song that a college acapella group would sing at the time? Sure. This wait, not great. that. Wait, what? What year is this? 2005? No, 2003. Early 2004. All for one is like 90. That song came out in like early 90s. Yeah, but like. But but acapella groups sing songs like that. Or Josh Pence. I know. I feel I don't bad know for which Josh one Pence. is Pence. Uh, well, uh, right now, it, uh, technically they're both. Yeah. Hmm. Well, no, one of them. Because the Pence. way they would, the, like right the now, they would shoot his back to us. Right. That's army. That is a shot of probably Army and some kind. Co- that might have right. been Josh Pence as coverage. But if you see them in the same you, shot, that's right. Pence with face replacement. Ugh. Yeah, but not always. Sometimes they would just shoot it twice and just have yeah. Pence hold the place for him in right. either, either time and they would just splice it. That's exhausting. I wonder, I wonder what scenes called for that. I remember hearing that. I was like, I wonder what why they had to make that decision. Oh, is this, is this the six foot? This is the six it's foot five. Up. Yeah. Yes, it's coming up. Uh, that's a great line, line. an underrated line. line what's and the you know one what? what's the f-bomb in this movie who uh, gets fuck it? you flip-flops oh so garfield gets that's right isn't there more than one i think there's two in this one uh but doesn't timberlake get one i don't think does zuckerberg Wait, get one does rooney mara get one in the middle in that scene no, she just calls him an asshole, I think. Not at the beginning, in the, in the middle. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Ooh, this line, coming up. Yes. That's great. Yes. Nothing. Gonna do nothing. Yes! 
So I want to back up just for a second, because when they say 650 people signed up for the site, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, that's not like that's nothing like 650 people, right. you know, on a website. But I guess in 2003 or well, whatever. It sure. Is. But, but all, then when he but also they're contextualizes it. Yeah, true, 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 true. But when he contextualizes it and says, I couldn't give drugs to 650 people. Yeah. In that analogy, I was like, oh, yeah, that is a yeah. lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. Drugs a lot of people. 50 people is a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why when I always hear right. of like people that have birthday parties and like 300 people showed up, I'm like, I don't even like I, I, I don't even have 300 people to invite to a party. Right. Well, and this is you got to think in this scenario, it's largely word of mouth because there's no notifications. There's yeah. no yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, search engine that's, you know, it's a lot of people telling someone else. It's still kind of a paper trail yeah. in a lot of ways. See, I missed that. Gentlemen of Harvard, and we were you know, gentlemen people had Harvard. scruples. Yeah. I think one of the best scenes in this entire film is when the Winklevoss go to the president of the school. Oh, the president. And, they and he doesn't listen. Great. It's yeah. great. Yeah. I feel bad for them in that moment. Yeah. Who is it that plays the president? Um, is it someone? If it's um, anybody of note. It's probably Josh Pence. <laughs> Face replaced. Isn't Sor- isn't Sorkin in this movie? Yeah, he's yes. in the uh, meeting. There's a actually yeah. there's a meeting scene and Zuckerberg like like falls asleep. No, no. Yeah. Isn't isn't it? Isn't it scene? He's like he's like what is this, guys? Yeah, he does that. Yeah, he makes that noise with his mouth. Yeah. So obnoxious. Was that was that a, was, what that you, a, was that a What click? is he doing? No, it's a uh... <laughs> I wonder if those cameras were actually running. I would say no. Knowing Fincher, they probably were. There's no red light on, though. Oh, is this where he looks at Warno? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That shot, that shot alone is smarter than what most people can get into their entire movie. Yeah. yeah. Also, that's the first time they addressed the amount. Mm-hmm. $600 million. I'd love because to know like, how much he got. Yeah. We I don't find you, out. He put, no, no, he it's, was uh, non Yeah, non-disclosure. Uh, Winklevoss, we know they got sixty-five. I think million. Yeah. Did they really? Oh yeah. I mean, they, he, okay. He did now, steal their okay. Idea. I was say I'm going to ask: Is that all? That's all they got. According they to this, they stole his idea. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me ask you: As this, did Mark Zuckerberg steal their idea? Yes. Yes. In this story? Now, in real, you, can still, it, yeah. you can steal someone's idea and make it better and take it further than they would have, but yeah. he stole their idea, yes. Dick, well, Gates didn't uh, shoot this scene, did he? Eisenberg's line, though, Eisenberg's line is so good. It's so good in this. When he says, like, I can't just make a chair and then say that he owns the yeah, right, right to all chairs. Yeah. I, I took, he said he came up with a chair and I made a better chair. Yeah. He said, it's something like yeah, that. Right. So I mean, good. he was already kind of messing with it with face smash. He knew he it was already in his head. He was he would have gotten it, there. He was he would have gotten there. He just that that was what. All right, Josh Pence is. It's the fun gray area of intellectual property. Yeah. 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 All right, so their sex scenes are where Pence shows up. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll show you. It's a it's a bathroom shot. I think he walks right by them in the bathroom hallway. Yeah. That's the guy who was supposed to play the other twin on camera and oh. then was told that, oh, we're going to face replace Army Hammer. Could you imagine that? Call? No. Imagine. 
Imagine what it feels like to be an unknown actor. I'd still do it. And you and you book like a pretty major Fincher. role Fincher. in the next David Fincher movie. <laughs> and you're fucking living it. You're high on life. This is this is the best life you've ever had. And your agent calls and says, well, we're going to cover your face. I have good news and I have bad news. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be really handsome in the movie. Yeah. I like when they give and this. Has he been in anything since? I don't think so. Has he been in anything in the last 10 years? I don't know. I don't even know who was speaking. I showed up late. (laughs) (laughs) Medically stupid. (laughs) So Josh Pence was in The Dark Knight Rises. Who wow, he play? plays young Ra's al Ghul. And there's oh, really? our full oh. circle back to Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> he played, yeah. Oh, I love the part. Oh, this is the line right here. Wait, is this the scene where they do something weird with a CGI thing here? Does he flick it towards the camera and it breaks on the glass? No, that's later when he's yeah. and that's what I, I thought he was going to throw him a beer. But later on, when Sean Parker right. shows up at the California yeah. house, there's a very deliberate Mark I, throwing a bottle at the camera. I wonder why Fincher deci- decided to break the fourth wall there. I don't know. I don't know. This back and forth is so good. This is when he realizes the devastation of like of how brutal this is going to be. I want to point out something really um, subtle that happened there, too. When he says um, that the site is cool right now. And if you put up pop up ads for Mountain Dew, um, you know, it's going to make it not cool, which is a very blatant uh, product line drop. And when they cut back to the courtroom scene between these two. On the table in front of uh, Mark is a can of Mountain Dew. Really? Wow. Yes. That's probably just smart product placement, like you said. Wow. Or it's also deliberately saying that the the cheap pop-up ads that will eventually come up between them that divides them as a decision about we got to monetize the site versus he wants to keep it cool is also separating them at the table where their lawyers are debating about how much money they belong to each other. But That's how do you get approval from Mountain Dew to diss them like that? I don't know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> and the people at Mountain Dew didn't understand Fincher's pitch. It's like, look, it's going to be symbolism for how the financial divide came between these two geniuses. And they were like, wait, you're going to put a can in the movie. And they were like, you're going to you're going to say the name of our soda. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Mountain Dew Baja Blast is amazing. <laughs> Keep in mind, l- not the, an ad. Hashtag the, not the an name ad. Mountain Dew is in an Oscar winning screenplay. Yes. Uh, now I want to go back to yeah. the other courtroom, the other court scene. Or it's not a court, I guess. Deliberation. Ding. Here comes a score. Boom. Listen to the trailing violin sound. I love that trailing violin.
Oh, here it is. Boom. So good. Why did he choose that, Kev? That that shot? Yeah. I don't know. But but think about it. He set the camera up earlier for you to see, so there's a reason why he does that. I like that expression. Sit on my sh- stand on my shoulders and call themselves tall. This is more evil than anything Lex Luthor ever did in Batman vs <laughs> Superman. Even though I love that movie. Oh, oof! I wonder if that guy was there to have that reaction shot. I wonder if Eisenberg was across from him, or they did it on a separate day. Just his eyes, the way he moves his eyes in that moment. I think you hire that guy when you can't get Alan Alda. <laughs> when can you not get Alan Alda? <laughs> I don't is know. Fincher is Fincher a guy that lets his actors drop off in the middle of? Coverage? I don't think so. Or is he a guy that just you you're there? I think you. I think you. I bet you're there. All right, here's Pence. Here's Josh Pence. Hold on, not yet. It's it's the guy walking out. And you'll notice that you do not recognize his face right. the way that you would Army Hammer's face. Who knew coders got groupies? Is he wearing socks? So unsanitary. (laughs) It's so gross. (laughs) I love his green lighting too. Yeah, it's probably to hide all the germs. That looks like a Fight Club shot right there. Yeah, it does look like a Fight Club shot. Yeah, you're right. Only with all due respect to Andrew Garfield, like I could not uh, see him in Fight Club. There's a Tyler Durden reference in there. Is there? Yeah, it's uh, Zuckerberg's alias. That's him? That's him. That's the oh, other I could boss. totally see that. Wow. Yeah. So originally they were no idea play opposite each other. and But but I think they wanted it to be exact because the Winklevia are exact. Yeah. Identical. Yeah. Oh. They, say, they say he's, re- I mean, why would they talk shit on him? But they say he's a really good actor. Okay, so instead, imagine the conversation between the studio Trying to tell David Fincher they look close enough. <laughs> and Fincher's just not being able to resolve that. That'd be fun. I would get him on. Fincher? This is this is one no no, uh, Josh Pence. Oh. We don't I, want Fincher. I, this is what this is one of the <laughs> coldest disses I've ever seen in a movie. It's brutal. It's like ice cold. Chills chills me. Wait, after this when scene, the, Gabe, I want you to tell me what the Tyler Durden reference is. Sure, yeah, yeah. I love the friend who goes, you need help here? He goes, no, I got this. Yeah, but here's the so, thing. such a badass line. He's not coming over because he genuinely feels bad and wants to make amends. He's riding high on life right now. Yes. And kind of wants does. her to be aware of it. And like yes. is using that as an, as, it is an excuse to come over and say, oh, I wanted to apologize. No, he really just wants to impress her with how much this website's. I, I, don't, I don't buy that there's any... A genuineness to this moment at all. Oof. Nothing's changed. Got worse. Yeah. Is this the same bar from the beginning of the movie? No. No, no it's a no, restaurant. No. It's a restaurant. Okay. <laughs> 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 That's such a dismissive. Ugh. 
This is when he runs with the sandals, right? No, no, no. Yeah. He did it earlier. He did no, it I think, earlier. Yeah, no, I think yeah. this is the snow. This is the snow scene, isn't it? That was earlier. Oh, unless there's two snow scenes. It was right after the um, Jurassic Park kid. That's right. He has a name. Joe Mazzella. Bohemian Rhapsody guy. There we go. Oh, uh, oh, Tyler Durden. It's it's his like screen name on Facebook. Uh, one of the scenes, I forget which one it is, but like you see it, it's like his like alias or whatever on Facebook is Tyler Durden. <laughs> That's funny. Zuckerberg. That's awesome. Wait, was it? Wasn't the the um the head? Was the head of like the logo initially Tyler Durden or something like that? I don't know. Remember the time I Tyler Durden uh, Fincher? I dude, I've been trying to get you to tell that story publicly yeah, for years. We are not telling that story. I, I you know what's crazy? I it tell people funny. that story. That's fine. It's because it is an amazing story. I always say like you have to hear what, and the best part is like having to explain to someone what Tyler Durden Durden in them is. I'll never forget doing the Gone Girl junket. And Fincher wasn't doing press. So I went to Fox and I said, is there any chance I could like just meet Fincher? I just want to say, I just want to shake his hand and say, you know, I love your movies. And we ended up, it was really cool. Like Fox made it, made it timed me out to be in the lobby of the area. Once his press conference finished so that I was in his viewpoint as he left. That way we could connect and talk. And we got on the elevator and he, that's where he proceeded to talk about how, you know, the ending of the game and, um, oh. I remember because I don't think he likes the ending of the game, right? Like the, he he said he would redo the third act or the 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 ending scene specifically. Listen, I have to disagree with him. I there. love, I that love movie. the ending of the Me game too. Yeah, Me too. but I will say, riding an elevator with David Fincher was even for one floor was pretty amazing. Kev, weren't you with me at the um, the hotel in New York, the Crosby, when we were in the basement for um, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? I went to that junket. I, I did that junket too. There. I didn't see Fincher. He did the press conference in that room. You know, the theater that's off to the yes. hospitality area. Yeah. He did that with um, Scott Rudin went first and then he and Rooney Mara went up and did a press conference. Wow. I would love I to. I thought I was sitting next to you during that. Were we all there at the same time? And I was doing junkets um, at Houston at that time. OK, that's how long ago it was. I mean, I remember interviewing like. Daniel Craig and yeah, we got Daniel and yeah. Christopher Plummer. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. We did get Plummer for that. I don't know. Why doesn't Fincher do press? I guess it's too obvious of an answer. <laughs> I just yeah. wish he would. Does he not want to talk about his process? I, I think we've seen the, the end of... Uh, what he basically told us that was the case, but I think Tarantino's done doing TV junkets. Do you think so? Army Hammer's so good in this movie. And he doesn't get enough credit. I kind of love Army Hammer and everything he does. I agree. He's a really nice guy to interview, actually. Look at this pre-50 Shades of Grey. Yeah. Dakota Johnson. Oh, I forget yeah. that she's in this. I love the way he delivers this dialogue here. He's great in this. He is. To be fair, he remembered a lot. 
Yeah. You can't <laughs> knock the guy for for forgetting one thing. I got a message from my boss. Just one second, guys. Sorry. You guys okay. keep going. <laughs> That's really funny. I think she's actually I think she's a great actress. I would love to see her with a bigger role in a Fincher movie. Uh she's fucking fantastic in Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, and she I loved really her in uh, um El Royale. Yes. Oh yeah, she's great in that yeah, too. Yeah. I love that movie. God, yeah, I don't did you guys probably didn't use Napster back in the I did. Day, no, did I did use Napster. I mean, no, I did not use Napster. I could not get over how like it just opened up a catalog of music uh, at a time when I was super into uh, starting to collect music and how expensive yeah. CDs were at the time. And it was, I mean, as illegal as illegal can be, but it kind of started to show the tip of what the Internet could do. Yeah. And uh, God, it was explosive. remember like when you would spend, like, I don't know, you would like set a song to download and it would take you like two hours to download and you were so oh, excited and God. it turned out to be the wrong song or the wrong version or yep. it was like and you're like no yeah because there were there were terrible human beings out there who were not only spending time uploading like torrents and illegal songs but they were incorrectly titling things yeah. so that you would download yeah. something completely different is the worst Sorry, I had to send my boss an email. It was urgent. <laughs> Literally, that's perfect timing. There you go. Yeah. His scene in the club or at the restaurant when he shows up. How much Eduardo just hates him. Yeah. <laughs> just distrusts him from the beginning and just absolutely hates him. Is so good. We're sitting in chairs. So what do you think? Is their argument that thin? Like, does the is the principal right to, to completely blow them off or whatever this guy's position is? Or should he have intervened at this point? I think he should have followed up a little bit more than he does. I don't think he should be as dismissive as he is. But on paper, it probably doesn't sound like that big of a deal. Like, we know it's a big deal because we know the context of it. But at this time... Like what Facebook becomes. Yeah. Hmm. So I would imagine this scene is Josh Pence and Army Hammer sitting there together. Yeah. With a face replaced. Gabe, probably. No, no, is- no. I think I think I think because the way that it's framed. Oh, it's oh, it's two maybe, shots. Maybe that shot. 
Yeah, but because they're so separated, why not just shoot it yeah. twice and cut it in half and not have to spend yeah. millions of dollars or That's whatever fair. it was in 2010 to... So, so Pence did still sit there for eyeline. Yeah, he was there. It, from what I understand, he was always there. He was he was always at least playing his double because they were always together. Right. And then they would either just switch or like when they're doing the rowing scene, he would they would just replace his face. I'm trying to look between them to see where a cut could be. It's a it's a line. So like basically, I'm I, like look at those public, blue books it's right there. So basically, like I remember, I did a short film a few years ago where I had a scene where a person on a bike collides with uh, a, a car, and I what I did was I filmed. We filmed the bike rider going this way. We filmed the car going this way, and but just driving normally in two separate shots. And then we married the shots. That way they collide. And that's the accident. Right, so right. I would imagine that there's probably a split right down the middle. If Gabe, I'm sure Gabe's right, yeah. that there's probably a line right there that, that is probably like almost like covered up by the books, the line of the mm-hmm. uh, bookcase, probably. Amazing. Yeah, it's insane. I'm trying to see if I can find it. So Hammer had to do this scene as both characters, which is crazy. Imagine how many times. And, and, and he also has to keep the tone of the dialogue right. He has to respond to his brother. <laughs> That's a good line. A new, new project. <laughs> I'm saying. Like, think about that for one second. Hammer delivers that line. Uh, I'm not saying that. And then he gets up, <laughs> goes to the other chair. <laughs> no, I'm saying that. And then they cut it together. It's like, it's so perfect. I thought they were actual twins when I walked out. I really did. Yeah. Same. That was honestly one of the most mind-blowing revelations I've ever had about a filmmaking moment. When they- could, you, could you imagine if there were twins that were both as good as, as Army Hammer? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say as good looking. Could you, hey, well, yeah, like, Gabe, yeah, could you imagine if there really was six foot five, 220, and two of them? <laughs> Seriously. I'm sure they're out there. I love how it keeps spinning. It's like the Inception um, totem. Yeah, everything's everything's fake from here on out. Nolan. A thousand dollars got them this far. You're Sorkin. There he is. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are John, Sean, are you ahead of us? No, no, no. no I he meant he's knows. coming. Oh. Yeah. I meant his scene was coming up. <laughs> do you know Fincher made him do this? Made him do what? The scene? The scene, yeah. Oh, really? He wasn't originally going to. He didn't, like, write himself into it. Fincher made him do it. Really? Mm-hmm. A glottals. What is this, guys? (laughs) 
All right, now I'm focused on continuity of sleeves. Okay. I want to see if his sleeve is in the same spot when we come back to it. I guarantee you it is. Yeah. I bet you it is, because it's Fincher. <laughs> because they probably shot all of those scenes, like, at one yeah. time. I know. He could move his, his arm. Listen to that sound edit of the loud restaurant to the quiet as hell room. That is such a jarring cut of sound that is also very, it speaks to the, it just speaks to the design of it. I'll tell you right now, Fincher casting Timberlake is so interesting to me because he's so recognizable. And that's like his first big movie role, wasn't it? Yeah. I just feel like if you're Fincher, it's like it's almost like Nolan casting Harry Styles. Right. It's like it's it's uh, it's an interesting choice. And I wonder how much of it has to do with marketing. Like I don't think Fincher does anything for marketing. But but I don't think Fincher gives a shit about marketing. No, see, I, I, I. I would argue that Nolan casting Harry Styles is a marketing move. I don't, it, 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 I, I, I don't think Nolan you. does any cares about marketing. But, then, but why would Nolan just randomly cast one of the biggest music he stars said, in the he, world? I saw it in an interview. He said he didn't, he didn't even know, know who he was. That's who not was. true. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's not true, but his daughters knew who he, Harry Styles was. I don't, I don't think that Nolan knew who Harry Styles. He knew who One Direction was. And clearly when he cast when he cast Harry Styles in the movie, by that point, he knew who he was. All right, but I'll argue this point. I don't think either Fincher... Or Nolan would jeopardize a role in their movies. I agree with that. It's a big role. Unless okay. they don't think that that person can pull off. Because, I mean, I'm going to argue that T- Timberlake is fantastic yeah. in this part. Timberlake like, is amazing. If he got an Oscar nomination, I would have been totally fine with that. Timberlake's amazing. But let me ask you this. What did what did Harry Styles have for that role that he, that, that he needed Harry Styles for? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Like, that role probably could have gone to uh, X a number no-name. of people. Yeah, who had the ability to convey that. But I think that here, here's my argument on, on Harry Styles. Like Timberlake's a different story because he's more of a leading character. I think when you're making Dunkirk and you're releasing it in the summer with an American theaters and you're telling a British story and you have no stars in your film essentially leading yeah. your movie. I think a Harry Styles decision comes about. But like, comes people about. aren't going to go well, see well, a movie me, because of Harry Styles. No, I, let me. I, I, but I guarantee you, more people went and saw the movie because of Harry Styles. No. Oh, well, no. here, let me right. let me posit an idea of how this maybe could unfold. Warner Brothers goes to Nolan and says, "We need a face." Harry Styles wants to act. His agent says, "Whatever, meet with him." Nolan says, "I don't know who the fuck that is, but okay, they're going to give me however many hundreds of millions of dollars to shoot this on film for no reason." Right. <laughs> for no reason uh, so he meets him and he's good enough and so he gives him the role like I don't think it has to be any more complicated than Warner I think Brothers it's said, can you do us this I think it, but I don't think it's calculated from Nolan's no no I, I think he I think he passed the bar for Nolan so he got the I, okay I'll agree with you on that I, it was probably an idea that was brought to him and because you have to think about opening a British war film in the middle of summer and having it do well yeah but like let's say Warner Brothers came around and said, hey, we've got AJ from Backstreet. 
<laughs> uh, Warner Brothers wouldn't need to introduce him. He can introduce himself. Yeah. No, AJ, AJ walked on. Yeah, he walked on that set and looked at Nolan and said, "Don't you know who I am?" Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys? I love the irony of casting. Uh, Timberlake, Timberlake and mega music star yeah. Justin Timberlake as well, whenever I interviewed him for this I Napster. talked to him about that line about musicians not having a sense of humor about Napster and I asked him how much of a sense of humor did you have when people were downloading your music for free and it, it basically said yeah the, the irony of that line was, was not lost on yeah. me as I was saying it a fun detail apparently the, the costume designer found out that uh, Sean Parker got all of his suits made personally by Armani. So they had Justin Timberlake's suits in the film made by Armani. And they say, uh, made by Armani for <laughs> Sean Parker on the inside oh, really? pocket. That's of cool. all of I want to yeah. play a character where it's, it's, it's a requirement that he has to be <laughs> in Armani suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the score in the back. Yeah. Even the score is getting aggressive. It's like an, a a guitar solo. Aggressive is a good word. That's his best line. That's his best moment. I think. So Sean Parker had to be the one who suggested that then, right? Like they can't just throw that in if it's not accurate. <laughs> A, I feel like that was a big topic when this came out. I don't know. I don't remember that being true. That was like a Fight Club shot again. The pinks and greens. Yeah. Man. But the okay. So let's talk. Let's touch on this for a little while. Uh, driving in car scenes. I cannot watch driving in car scenes without paying attention to the fact that it's just a screen in the background. Yeah. It takes yeah. me out of it every single time. Yeah. I think this is. I think that was edited really well. That's that. That that didn't take me out. Look at the yawn. So bored. Hmm. So I a little bit hate that Andrew Garfield got swept up in the Spider-Man franchise because I, I think about the movies that he could have made if he just stayed along this path. Yeah. Um, and I think he's great in the Spider-Man franchise and I'm glad he got a chance to do it. I hate that it backfired on him ultimately, but he's so good. And I think he had, you know, that's two or three movies we probably didn't get from him. Yeah. That he could have. Do you think Sony pressured him into or, it? Uh, to do Spider-Man? Yeah, I mean, this is a Sony movie and Spider-Man's a Sony no, movie. He was such a Spider-Man fan, dude. Yeah. I mean, that kid, he literally grew up on Spider-Man. That was, according to him, his dream role. And uh, I think he was thrilled to do it the first time through. I think by the time the second one rolled around, he was already not wanting to do it anymore. Yeah. It didn't go the way that he wanted it to. The fan reaction wasn't through the roof kind of thing. And yeah. The second one. So I did the junket for the first one 
And I went in with my heart on my sleeve about what a fan I am of the character. And he was like, oh, dude, I want tell me all those stories. I want to hear all that. I'm so engaged. And he was so into it. And I know he's a huge fan. I think there's a video of him when he went to Comic-Con and surprised everybody in the crowd. Like his his heart was totally into the role. I thought he was a great Um, Spider-Man. But then when we interviewed him for the second one, he was not (laughs) that into into it. it. No, he was not that into it. And um, in fact, that's the one where they did the gimmick where um, our journalists got to bring their kids and PJ interviewed him uh, for Amazing Spider-Man 2 in New York City. And I think it's because Garfield needed like a spark. He needed something because he just didn't want to talk about having to be in the part anymore. Yeah, Yeah. that's a bummer. It is a bummer. Did they let you attend if you weren't? Because there have been a couple of junkets where they do that kid thing, like oh, like bring a kid, and I'm like, I, yeah, I'm not bringing a kid. I don't, I don't have a kid. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't bring yeah. Daenerys. Yeah. Um, do I they think let, they you, let you go. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Maybe. I, don't I didn't. Know. I, I did, I did that there. first Spider Man, but I didn't do the second Spider Man. Huh. You know that shot of Eduardo when he's on the bed and he goes like that and he like yeah. falls backwards. That that yeah. was a tra- that was a trailer shot. Was it? I remember that from the trailer. I remember that being a beat in the trailer. I think. Kev, did you do Amazing Spider Man two in New York? Do you remember? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so the shaved head. Yes. And Lauren actually, For Lauren what? was obsessed with him because of this movie. And so she went into the room and he was awesome to her. She he took a picture with her and everything. Nice. Um, I remember he had a shaved head for. Um, I think it's the movie he did with Carrie Mulligan. It was uh, ne- uh, oh, never. Never let me go. No. Yes. Was it? No, because I, I did that junket and, and Spider-Man 2 was passed when I did junkets. Oh, really? I did never let me go. I don't remember. I did Never Let Me Go was in, was in Toronto. Yeah. I like that movie. That's a good book, too. That's a great book. Very depressing, though. Okay, wait. He did Never Let Me Go um, right Before. as he was getting the Spider-Man gig. Yeah. He, did, hadn't, he hadn't played Spider-Man yet. Because I remember I was doing a roundtable that he came uh, to, to come speak to us for in Toronto. And he had just gotten the gig and someone asked him about it. And he did, um, he goes, I guess I have to work on doing this. And he did the Spider-Man hand and I got chills because I thought, oh my God, you're a guy who's going to play Spider-Man and you just did the Spider-Man hand <laughs> with his fingers out like that. That's so awesome. I yes, distinctly remember that. basically Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> the fish, the Marlins and the trout. <laughs> look at the lighting in this scene. This, he, he makes us look like a dorm. Like it, it, it's not a pretty shot. It's actually a pretty nasty looking shot of the room. And it, I, I always found that to be interesting because then everything else in the film is shot. So like glass, like, like this looks really good, but it's you still know, di- dirty. I actually argue that Fincher makes this movie look like darker than it needs to be. Right. Like that's his visual. Aesthetic. That's how Harvard feels. Apparently it's that crimson that, that I think, I think when look he's at captured, that shot, look at what he's showing you there. It's just dark shadow, right? Yeah, some I, people I, would light the hell out of it. I'm not going to name drop any cinematographers <laughs> that we know, but like Fincher isn't is OK with people being in shadow a lot of time. A lot of this is natural lighting. Looks mm-hmm. like it. I don't know. If, I have no idea if it really is. It just looks like I bet you this, that Jeff Cronenworth is like such a great DP. I bet you he lit it to make it look natural. I love this idea of finding really gifted coders by putting them through a test like this. Yeah. How did they not die after all those shots? Oh my like gosh, they dude. Don't they take like 20 shots? Ugh. 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 This sounds <laughs> horrible. Oh. That wasn't mean. 
Welcome to the Facebook. I like how he says this. <laughs> is this the only, is this the first soundtrack song in the movie? Yes, I think so. I think so. Oh, I love this. <sighs> Hang on. <laughs> I, lo- I love this. No, he's like. <laughs> you see the way he swallows there? He feels mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is going to lead to um, my biggest problem with this movie. That Timberlake is just living across the street? Yes. Is that that true? Don't understand that either. How do they not know? That bothers me to no end. But but, I've always wondered, like, if that was a very real thing. So the question is, are we supposed to believe that Sean Parker knew he was there and, like, faked his way to introduce himself to him? It's a very Sean Parker kind of thing. I could see that. Wait, this is the beer shot, right? Yeah. I don't. Oh, I, yes. This will be when he comes. I still in don't the get why he broke the fourth wall here. Uh, that's something I would love to ask him. Yeah, see. I, so he's I acting if, here, you think? I don't know if we're supposed to believe that he knows that Mark was there. I love that. By the way, that is one of the best delivered lines in the whole film. I, this is my, and he's about to say girlfriend, but he doesn't yeah. want to make it a girlfriend thing. Right, right. And it's right. so subtle and so perfectly delivered because he basically says to her, you and I are just hanging out. Like, yeah, that. I, I think that he. Okay, watch. She's not watching. <laughs> okay. Here, it's coming up here. But doesn't so it hit that wall? We're her in that scene. Or no, we're not her in that. We're, we're the, the wall. wall. But it hits yes. a wall. We're the wall. Why does he do that? I don't Why? know. It doesn't hit the camera. I think it's supposed to just catch you off guard. Like, if you don't know that, the first yeah. time you watch it, you don't know that's coming. That's I don't, gonna... I don't, I don't consider that breaking the fourth wall. Uh, I think he's like, I, I think Eisenberg's playing to the camera there. Well, he's throwing it I so mean, that it, it hits that wall and it kind of has that. But I don't think it's not like it hits the camera and then breaks. I think that, all right, so this, from what I've read and understand, is everything in this scene, music-wise, and sound from people yeah. is not there. So is everyone just, like, the, in, in, a, in, a, in a club, just... This is one of the best sound editings I've ever heard in my entire life. I like that it's mixed in a way that you almost can't hear the yeah. dialogue really and well. And they kind of have to shout a little bit. What I think what Fincher wants you to do here is this. He wants you to go like this. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm being serious. I think he yeah. actually wants you to be like them, how they're kind of like this and talking to each other. I think Fincher wants you to do that. It's a full. It's. It, I think it's an immersive choice. I mean, I, I could be guessing. Uh, 
How often does Fincher actually make you pay attention to where he's putting the camera? I don't think he makes you do it as often as some other filmmakers do. Well, he does in that one scene. Which one? Uh, The beer shot. Yeah, but I can think of like the mail cart from Zodiac is a very deliberate, like you're watching him go through the newsroom on a mail cart. You're not your you're not your effing khakis from Fight Club, but it's like shaking. But there's a lot of times he just does static two shots. And I remember I interviewed Brad Pitt and he told me that Pitt told me that they they shook the camera in front of his face. He said he remembered. What I love about David Fincher is like, I don't know anything about him, but when I, I remember inter, uh, interviewing Brad Pitt for Ad Astra and, and all he talked about was how awesome their friendship is. Like, I couldn't imagine just hanging out casually with David Fincher. By the way, you know what's really funny about the fact that we're recording right now? The music is so loud that I don't even know. Like, it's actually happening to us. What's happening to them in the scene? <laughs> like, I'm talking, but I don't know if I'm like making any sense or I don't really. I can't hear myself. Also, what's interesting about that bass drop there in the song? The bass drop aligns with the arc of the dialogue. Yeah. Like right when the dialogue drops and the point starts to get made, the bass hits in and you become one with the scene, I think. It's pretty amazing. You think Again, for, the first, is, for the first time, Mark feels like he's talking to a peer, like for the right. very first time. Right. But also, but, there, but there's a there's a there's a cue of the bass that actually almost cues you emotionally yeah. to his understanding. Well, and notice, notice we started over the shoulder and now we're inside yeah, there. We're right. inside their dialogue, which is interesting. Cause I remember, um, one of my favorite interview moments was interviewing, uh, was it Michael Mann for, it was a terrible film. What's it called? What was that movie he did with Hemsworth? Black hat. Yeah, it was Black terrible. Hat? But I, I, I told you guys this before, but I, I asked Michael Mann why he never showed a two shot of, of De Niro and Pacino in the heat scene. And he said it had to do with, he actually had calculations of percentages in his mind that it would, you would lose 10% of intensity if I went and showed a two shot. So to your point, Gabe, like as the conversation gets more intimate and they become more personal, that it's all about the visual cue of the shot setup. It's such an important Well, it's right thing. when he says, it's right when he says, I'm CEO, bitch. That's what I want for you. Yeah. That's when it's dead on. He's looking right into yeah. the camera like he's looking at you. And that's when Zuckerberg falls into his hand versus... right. His buddy. What's fascinating about that type of conversation in regards to the way camera moves is we 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 give a lot of respect to actors, right? Because the actors are the person who's on camera giving us the line. But there is so much happening here in this scene that is complimenting them from sound design to cinematography to camera angles that I would argue that the camera angles are just as important as the performance. For sure. Yeah. This is oh, great. So cool. yes. Is that a miniature? Yeah. That's a miniature, right? That's miniature. That like no, no, no. He shot. Um, looks- it's called uh, tilt shifting. So the way that you shoot it, it makes it look like that. Really? Uh, you basically, Whoa. you basically, so like the film stock, usually the lens and the film are parallel, but if you take the lens and you tilt it off axis, uh, it's called tilt shifting and it gives it that effect. Wow. So what's interesting about you, that? Gabe. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, well, if you, I'm in a lot of debt because of it, but, you know, I know some things. If you watch Assassination <laughs> of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, you almost get the opposite effect where Deacons does the left and right side of the frame out of focus like that right there. That's a Deaconizer shot. Yeah. Who edited this for Fincher? Does Fincher edit his own stuff? No. Because it's edited brilliantly. It, the editing is some of the best I've ever seen. 
The film, I actually think the film was made in the edit. Yes. I really do. Did it? Well, when you shoot a hundred times for each thing. Yeah. It, it's gotta be, right? <laughs> but I mean, he does it for a reason. Every scene is oh, perfect. Oh, for sure. Well, you know, like you mentioned the how he just kind of sloppily throws the, the beer down. When Fincher talks about why he takes so many takes, you don't get that on a fourth take. You no. get that on 87, on, on 64, whenever they've done it so many times that it's just, they're in their house now. They're at their desk. Yeah. And they're comfortable. But it's just the way he puts it down is so disrespectful. It's great. What I find interesting about that moment we just watched is it's basically a music video. Mm-hmm. He like he essentially takes a break in the movie, like it's almost like, hey, hold on a second, we'll be right back, <laughs> and then they go to that, and like, I mean, they didn't actually need that scene, but it's a great scene. But think about it, if they just cut right to this, it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. I wonder why he felt that felt that scene was necessary. I like it. I just don't know why I thought it was necessary. It's uh, it's tension building. I think True. I think we enter the scene at a more tense level yeah. with that. Oh, maybe Gabe. Maybe to your point. Maybe that tension building you're talking about is supposed to give us a feeling here about how these guys are going to come at this now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they're ready to play. They're ready to play. They're ready to go all out and take him down. Maybe that's what that is. (laughs) This scene still works without the race shot. It would. But it's an interesting beat in the film. It's a lot of talking. Imagine you go a lot of like the the music and the club scene and the talking and then you cut to more. It might be just a lot all at once. The CG on Army Hammer's face is just insane. It's so good. Look how good that shot looks. Which one do you think is the real one? The right? Or no, the, the one I, on the left. One on the left. You think? I think yeah. the one on the right. I think the one right. on the right. I honestly can't only tell. Because, only because I bet in 2009 when they made this, I bet it was easier to do straight on than like a profile. Uh, I yeah. Like I wonder how... Because di- like yeah. they do little tricks like when he's wearing the headband. I think he wears that big earmuff headband because it makes it easier for them or sunglasses because it makes it easier for them to... Yeah cover him up i i wonder if um i wonder how different the technology was when they did like tom hardy and legend i wonder how different that was oh yeah remember adaptation that was before this i like adaptation me too that was two nicholas cages i mean they've been doing that for a long time parent trap did it obviously and they're both andy circus it's interesting, if you, if you pay close enough attention to the lighting, like, one looks softer focused yeah. than yes. the other. The one with the slick back hair always looks like he's a little bit more harsher lit. Just, like, marginally. I'm talking about, like, very minuscule, but... That, you, I bet you that was an F-bomb. Yeah, I bet you they looked like it was. They, I, think, I think he actually says fuck there. I really, yeah. I really do. I think he actually says... Do you think, that's, you think he covered that edit, you think? Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised he wouldn't do that. I wouldn't surprise he wouldn't cut to Max Mangella just for that split second, mm. just to have him say the dialogue. That is weird. I never noticed that before. Do you think um, 
do you think maybe they originally thought that was going to be the one f bomb, and then once, and then, and then once uh, Andrew I, I delivered, think maybe the they're going to try to sneak in another one. Because the Martian has a couple because he mouths them. Yeah. Like, he, and you can't put the word mother before it, and it can't be sexually con- connotated. So it has to be. It's interesting. So weird. So how many times did Andrew Garfield have to stand in the rain for that shot? 99 times. <laughs> <laughs> the rain. What if the rain's digital? Did you guys hear that sound of that water just now in the background? That yeah. drip drop into a what the heck was that? It was almost like a bucket. Did you hear it? The rain, yeah. Yeah. No, like no, no, no. That was like a bucket sound. It was like Oh, bloop, I didn't hear it was that. Like, bloop, bloop. <laughs> is that a huge marijuana device she's smoking? <laughs> yes, I think it yes. is. Jeez. That's what they call it now these days. What it's is that huge. thing? Yeah, Sean, how old are they? Listen, I will never answer that question. It's incriminating. Wait, how old are these girls supposed to be? Like college? Oh, I would assume. I yeah. I thought the him the reason he was asking that question is he was afraid that they like, high school. Were high school. Right. Well, isn't that what yeah, happens? Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, at the party up, later. Yeah. Aren't they underage at the but party I think, later? I, yeah. I think they're college students because under twenty one still means oh, you can yeah, be yeah. in college. Yeah. I don't think they're high well, school no. students. But I thought I thought in the later scene, whenever he is doing drugs, or whatever, he gets in trouble. I thought it was they? they were also un- underage people at the party. No, under, but underage could part. be like you could still be 19, 18 or 20 and be underage. Oh, you mean under drinking yeah, age? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, not minors, but just under the drinking age. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. That's why I think he's asking it. For some reason, just Garfield's performance—it's—it's it's, what—it's what—it's what I—it's what, what I find myself mostly engaged in as an as an emotional audience. But he, he also has like the most like showy moments. Like he he right. gets he gets the big screaming. Yeah. Like no right. one else. He's no the one, one else, that's pissed yeah, off. Yeah. No one else yeah. does that. And to Jake, to your point, it's the calmness of eisenberg's delivery but like eisenberg can have a powerful line like that i adequately answer your condescending question and say it as if he's whispering it to somebody and it comes across as like a loud boom because fincher leaves that scene so quiet for you again like i'm going to point out the lighting darkness their faces are but you you know exactly who they are they're legible you know here's but my like, argument as to why he's doing it that way that's probably how the hallway would look sure clearly um mm-hmm. uh, now i will say this i think this scene could have benefited from film because i feel like that i think the 35 would look really good here like mm-hmm. the nighttime stuff the safties did and like good times and um uncut gems like dark looks really good with film i mm-hmm. think it almost gets like a purple uh hue to it a lot of times like a brown yeah. purple but also like just like the it's the the film moves a little more when it's film. I mean, swims, this, but, swims, yeah, swims. There you go. But this <laughs> is this is obviously it's a digital film. I I don't it doesn't bother me. He uses digital well. So does Denis Villeneuve. So Jeff actually, you I mean Jeff shot Fight Club? This. Oh. 
the music beat here sounds like a Fight Club track. Yes. The boop, 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 boop. Sounds like a Dust Brothers. This sounds like I can see Tyler and uh, Tyler Durden and uh, Norton's character just like building up a plan to get soap or something. That's how that's what that song sounds like. <laughs> OK, so do you think Fincher is a little bit derivative? Does he repeat himself? Um, I mean, there's Fincherisms yeah. for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it, uh... but 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 it's not as like. Can you be derivative of yourself? Yeah, like, well, you, it's just like a style. Like yeah. Tarantino yeah. has a style. Fincher, what do you think Fincher's style is? I don't. I I come up with the word clinical, and I don't. I was mean gonna it say in cold and calculated. That guy on the right there. Yeah, Where, I, I've seen him before, and I can never figure out who he is. Where have we seen him? I think he's in like on like TV shows. I think he's a big. He has TV a great actor. voice. Listen to his voice. He's like a guy who like plays. Like Which one are you talking about? This guy. There are like three guys in the shot. The deep. I like that guy. Oh, he does have a great voice. Mm. Also notice uh, now Timberlake has his glasses on. It's a completely different Sean Parker. Mm. It's almost like that, that's that's business Parker. And then there's party Parker. Peter Parker. And then, <laughs> and then but, but literally, I feel like the glasses in that scene are such an interesting choice because why else would Timberlake have them on there? It's because he's trying to act more business yeah. in that setting. Oh, yeah. It's totally a costume that he's Such wearing. A, but, 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 but think about the detail of, of like someone saying that to him. We're going to have you wear glasses here because it's going to give the audience the impression that you care about this business transaction. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep you out of focus in the background, but audiences will notice it. And we do subconsciously. Oh, is it more of an audience to a play to the audience or is it more just like supposed to tell us about his character that when he goes to this meeting, yeah. he would put on that's glasses a good point. for for the person. In the meeting. I like that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, that's him projecting. So so it's so it's so it's Fincher telling the audience that that he's kind of acting again, like he's yeah. like, like Sean Parker's acting in that scene. Right. Like when he shows up at the guy's house, he's acting. Yeah. Because yeah. uh. uh Timberlake has a quote where he says he doesn't think he's um, conniving, I think was the word he used, but he thinks he's calculated. John Parker. Yeah, calculated is a good word. Basically, what I gather from it is Sean Parker, the character that Timberlake's playing, knew there was a weakness to Zuckerberg and manipulated that, obviously. I mean, that, that is what happens, obviously, in Fincher's story, but... But there, but but that would play into our our theory about the calculated element of it. So, do you guys? Uh, where are you guys landing on that? Uh, the, the the door opening and figuring out he's living across the street from Zuckerberg. You think it's an act, or you think he it was it was? What are your what are your thoughts? I think it's an act. I, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna vote. I, I don't think it was a coincidence. I need to convince myself that's an act because otherwise it's a really that weird scene. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, there's no way Fincher messed that up. It, also, the the door knock happens so quickly after the chimney that if you factor in the reaction time from I live across the street, I just saw someone break their chimney. Yeah. Should we go over and talk to them? Like there would be minutes that pass before he shows up. But I think right. he's on the front doorstep regardless. Anyway. Oh, that's interesting. I think he gives you enough of of the character looking like he's acting like he looks like he's acting in the scene and also the you guys mentioned like the slip up about to say that this is his girlfriend or whatever that it's clearly he set that whole relationship up just so he could be there yeah i think is what it's implying i really do like watching a film like this it's like film school 
what were we just... Wa- oh, we watched Twister the other day with the boys. And there's a moment where Jamie Gertz is answering her cell phone. She's playing a therapist and she has a client who keeps calling her multiple times while she's in the truck. And she uh, bites the antenna and pulls it open in order to answer Ugh. her flip phone. And PJ goes, what the heck is that? And I said, nah. it's an antenna on a phone. <laughs> My antenna's always got bent. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah, I, remember, I, I, I had a Sprint phone and I would, I, would, I would bite on the antenna and bring it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much of a difference that actually helped. <laughs> Is this like like, like that, this that much, much antenna? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that much antenna. Oh, now my phone works. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> Eduardo's girlfriend, um, who lit, lights the 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 Brenda song trash can on fire. Mm-hmm. Those the actresses who are playing the the characters that they meet in in the in the in the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. Those characters are very prominent in the mm-hmm. film, and, and you almost you almost forget, but they're actually very big characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this scene I think this might be the best scene in the movie really Lauren said that she asked Andrew Garfield how many laptops he had to destroy and she said she remembered him saying somewhere between 15 and 20 oh is yeah. this when he goes out and attacks him yeah but he hasn't diluted no, it yet that, 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 like, it's, later. it's not right yeah. now yeah it's later is this later? is the setup yeah. for that later yeah. Oh. This, yeah this is the setup because he's wearing like a black suit in that scene and and this is like where he's happy with his percentage and then they dilute the percentage later on oh yeah 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 they cut back well no we go back to it right now right I don't remember I don't think we wait too much time not in screen time but it's different it's a different time it's like when, oh, when Facebook is already really right they're hit their one million I think it's after that yeah these are so painful, these scenes. Oh, mm. that, that line kills me. Oh. <laughs> what was the tagline? 500 million friends. You don't get to 500 million friends without having a few enemies. Just the, the I know it's obvious, but the the obvious irony of the guy who created Facebook having no friends is just so. Yeah, it's just so weighted. OK, so they have to do a follow up to this, right? Like there's so much more material there's, that oh. not Fincher, though. I don't want Fincher to touch it. Oh, no? absolutely. No, I don't want anyone to do it. But Fincher. I don't want a sequel. I just think that there's well, been so much that has happened since then that I just Sorkin, think it wouldn't be interesting. If you get but what's, Sorkin, the, but what's the story? Like this story is it's about Facebook, but he roots it in two friends. Yeah. This movie is one perfect. betrays the you other. Want a sequel to it's it? these very like Greek kind of storylines. Like what's the story if you get into it now, because it's so public, like does it just kind of turn into one of those And do you do you make it meta where like he now has to deal with the fact that a movie is out about there's him? There's a movie about him. Did you know and, and, this, <laughs> and there's a sequel to the novel for Scump. And which Forrest has to deal with the fact that there's a movie about him, and he like goes and meets Tom Hanks. It's a whole. Oh, it's a very stop. Meta. Really? That's awesome. yeah. <laughs> Ew! That's a thing. That's a thing. I kind of like that. 
Like it came out later? Yeah. Like after the movie? Yeah. Ew. There's your second F-bomb, by the way, just muted. Oh, really? Well, with his fingers. Oh, oh, oh. Kind of gets it in there. It's a little cheated way. This This is is it. So how can they use the font and the graphic and the Facebook? Isn't that like without getting Facebook's permission? Are they able to do that? I think it's fair use. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a. It's a good question, though. I I was wondering the same thing. This is probably the best. Yeah, it probably is the best scene in the movie. It's so fantastic. It's just. Yeah. Because the because the screenplay's expertly tightened screws and this is finally the release the way timberlake puts out his coffee there is perfect he's like this is i know it's about to happen <laughs> this guy's perfect for this role just a perfect like guy you like you know he's just slimy oh he's so damaged look how red his eyes are this is my wife lauren's favorite scene i say oh. wife you guys know who she is but anybody listening I love how they cut outside the conference room so you can't even hear them. You can't hear what's going on. That's the best shot right there. That shot is so incredible. You know what this is? I think that's a match cut back to the dance earlier, but now he's serious. Baby. Come watch the scene. This is Lauren's favorite scene. She's joining in for a second. Mm. Oh. The the beat of the score. Wait, that's, is that bad? That, that, that's your climax right there. <laughs> the way he when he sets that little piano piece up in the beginning of the film and then hits you with it right there. Yeah, that's the payoff. That's the payoff. I have shiver my the hand, the hair on my arms is standing up right now. Look at the goosebumps on my arms. <laughs> Fuck you flip flops. Lauren said that line to what's his name to Sorkin's face. It was great. Ah, oh. it is. It's so ultimately about that. Yeah. The point. You better lawyer up, asshole. Oh. And you know what's interesting about that scene? He whispers it to him. Yeah. It's not screaming. Yeah. It's it's way more effective. You know who would have screamed is Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Don> Pacino. <laughs> I'm not coming back so 30%. <laughs> I'm coming back for all of it. <laughs> oh, this is great. Here's what's crazy about that moment. 
that song and that bass drop is not happening when they're filming it. No. And like, and like the, mo- the, the mood of what that scene must have felt like is completely different than what we're watching. Well, you said it. I it think. finds it in the edit. Yeah, but I mean, but but imagine, but like, imagine being Andrew Garfield and finally seeing that cut together and hearing that bass drop right there. Mm-hmm. It probably like his version of that moment is so different from what we've seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think it really happened this way? Like one million they crossed a million at that moment. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's probably dramatic effect. That's way too good. Yeah, it's too <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Can I say this? And I truly mean this. I think Timberlake disappears in this movie. I don't see him. Yeah. I keep forgetting it's him, to be honest. I I can, I can, I could see that for sure. He's good in this. Very good in this. He's in it enough too. like, if he had five minutes of screen time, it'd be jarring. He's in it perfectly enough. I don't know why I just had this random thought, but I used to have a shirt when I was in high school that was red, like similar to um, Timberlake shirt, but it had this like white thing on it. It looks like the white pony album shirt for Deftones. I don't know if you guys know who Deftones, but you you know who Deftones are, right? Yeah, I've heard of them, but they I had don't an know album called White logo. Pony, and it was a red shirt that looked exactly like that. He's wearing an Arm and Hammer shirt. Did you see that there? It's probably yeah. an army. It's an oh, army hammer. Wow. Uh, I just noticed that for the first time, actually. That's probably that because the Army Hammer's grandfather owns that company, yeah. right? Does he really? Yeah, yeah Armin Hammer. Yeah, I think he's from like the Hammer. He like he's he's like from yeah. millionaires. Very well. He's the Hammer of Army yeah. Hammer. I think so. Hammer. Yeah, and I think that's why that that's why Zuckerberg's wearing that shirt there for sure. Now that's a great stitch. That was a, that's a really good stitch. Oh, this is the scene where he gets in trouble? Yep. Yeah. See, I did a revisit on this a week ago, um, but I didn't get all the way through it. So now I'm into Uncharted territory. I, I forget a lot of well, this. We don't stuff. have much right left, right? No, this is the very end. This, see, that sucks, because this is a movie that I literally would sit here for another two hours yeah. and just watch this story play out. I also love the use of the cops' lights in this scene. Just the way the light looks with the, yeah. with the way that it's shot. It's like, oh, it's, do you know what that reminds me of is Soderbergh. It reminds yes. me a little bit of Magic Mike. Yeah. Yes. Um, and oh, Soderbergh shoots traffic. a natural lighting like that. Yeah, like I can see a scene in Magic Mike where they're coming in as cops as like strippers and they have, yep. yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Well, Soderbergh shoots digitally too, so it, they, yeah. they do have a very similar palette. But dude, wait, how many conversations have we been having um, on the show lately about lighting with directors? And you don't, yeah. you just we've, don't think how much goes into. Yeah. We've learned a lot about lighting. A ton. This, this or lack thereof. I'll tell you right now. I think the best compliment you can give this movie is that it all feels like natural light. Yeah. Every bit of it feels like natural light. And I guarantee you it's not like that light there without the shade on it. I guarantee that was placed there purposely. To light the scene, but it but it will works. It's dormitory, right or a house. Mm-hmm. That's such a deliberate choice. Hmm. Yes, yeah, not my. It's on his hands.
I love it. Mr. Confidence, Mr. Yeah. Arrogance. Oh, he is. He's down to just groveling. Yep. Like his EpiPen and his inhaler because <laughs> he's still just a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's a great point, Gabe. This is this yeah. is the yeah. scene that strips away every bit of who Sean Parker is. He's just a punk kid in this scene. He knows he screwed up. Look how swollen his eyes are. Yeah, I was wondering why that was. Who's another famous musician who you don't think disappears uh, as thoroughly into a part? Can you think of other musicians who've tried their hand at acting who, who don't disappear? Oh, see, I kind of argue that she did uh, disappear into that part. I thought part. so, too. Did, did she did not? She did. No, I think she did. Oh, I think she did too. You're, oh, you're asking who did not. I'm asking the opposite. Yeah, oh, who someone did who's not? so famous that you can't ever oh, stop okay. thinking that they're that. How about that Britney stars. Spears and Crossroads? Yeah, that was always Britney Spears. <laughs> no, you're right. That I don't. I think you're right with that. I love this. I love the way he does that. He's so paranoid. Oh God. He's so good in that. He's amazing in this. He should have gotten an Oscar nomination. He and Andrew Garfield should have gotten Oscar nominations. And neither of them did? Neither of them did. But Eisenberg did. Eisenberg did, yes. Okay. But lost to Colin Firth? Yeah, the, 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 the King speech. Weirdly enough, I don't, when I look at this movie, I don't think of Zuckerberg mm-hmm. as the star or the lead. I think it's like a it's a it's a very ensemble piece. It is, yeah, it is. but it's yeah, about yeah, the role, sure. right? Like they call an actor in a leading role. And I think sure, it's like yeah. the role of Zuckerberg is the leading role. Why do you think Fincher and Sorkin gave Rashida Jones the last line? I don't know. I think it's a bold choice. I love the choice. I just wonder why. Well, I, I what I love more than the line is the last thing that he's doing before it cuts to black. And he's checking mm-hmm. the, he adds refresh. Ro- he adds Rooney and yeah, it all ties back to this was because of a girl, like a billion dollar world changing lifestyle, social changing thing was because of a girl. Yes. It's basically the dramatic version of what Stan Lee tells to Jason Lee and mall rats that everything <laughs> I did for comics was just for a because yeah. <laughs> I'm for a girl. Yeah, it's it's the social version of Helen of Troy, like an entire war happens because of a woman like this. is. Okay, that's, but do you think this is true? Do you think it, is that accurate? Is there a Rooney Mara character? I think there's a Rooney Mara in all of our lives. Oh, now you're getting really deep. I mean, come on. It, like, every ounce of success you have, you're telling me there isn't one person out there that you kind of hope knows that you're this successful? I would like Rooney Mara to be the Rooney Mara of my <laughs> of this story. <laughs> Can she somehow be the Rooney Mara of the story? She's, she comes from billionaires, right? She I does. Would, oh, my I God, just, yes. Yeah. Yes. What do you think Rooney uh, Mara the, the, and Joaquin the Phoenix have been the doing the entire time? The Steelers and the Giants, Giants uh, are the right. owners. What, Kev? Sorry what do you think? What, no, I was saying, what do you think Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara have been doing the whole quarantine? <laughs> Eating be, veggie be, patties. Cool eating vegetables. <laughs> yes. Eating vegetables. <laughs> Watching Joker over and over again. All right. That cup of coffee he has is deliberate. What's on that? It's some know. kind of like graphic. They chose not to use a normal cup.
Oh, that that line is so perfectly encapsulating the entire script. I, I would consider that for when we did last line blend. I would I would put that up there. Whew. Is that is that does that tie all the key characters? Like like uh Eduardo's not a businessman, he just right, tries so, so hard to be, but he fucks yeah. up his own business. Like like uh, uh, uh Parker's, Parker's not, not this Parker yeah, guy, yeah. he's just a nerd. Yeah, like mm. That's, mm, that's a interesting. Great point. It's a great point. And think about the way that people use Facebook, the way that it's all just a facade yeah. of like it's your yeah, best version or whatever. Great you know? like, point. Random question. Do you think that photo of Rooney Mara was a real photo that she had just given them, or do you think she took it for a Facebook style shot? I think oh, that's it's interesting. I think it's I bet it's a real photo. Do you, you think, think I, Erica would have actually joined Facebook or would she I still was just about just to ask like, you. I don't think she would. I think she would I don't stay think off she of would it have just, either. Out of, just out of spite. I mean, I know that it's become a massive global pa- platform, but I think out of spite, she would not right. join it. Wait, does he end with a soundtrack song? Yeah, yeah this is the Beatles. Yeah. 65. I like when they call him Winklevi. <laughs> the Winklevi. Just the Beatles? Knows that, they, knows that they didn't say they rode crew. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it's the Beatles. I, I bet you that's probably just a normal party photo of her she gave to them. Think about how many photos of Rooney Mara exist, right? How did this lose to the king's speech? And this is also better than again. It's it's better than it's all karmic, though, because then he he won for the king's speech and then he made cats. Look at the names of her. It all comes back around friend requests. It was great. Start it again. From the top. <laughs> Wait, I wasn't recording. <laughs> Wait, Wait, it is starting over. That'd be the worst. Well, there it is. Our first commentary track. How do we wrap this up, Gabe? What do we say? Uh, Well, you, I would say I'm curious what people thought. I mean, this is our first time doing it. We didn't give it much thought. We just said, let's hit record and see what happens. So let us know what you think. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. If you want us to do it again... Or if we should just do this ourselves for no yeah. one. Uh, either way, it's fine for us, I guess. I found it rather cathartic. Yeah. Do you guys have any final thoughts like on, uh, on the... I, we kind of wrapped it up in there. We were talking about the, you know, the sort of message of her last line and, and tying that all together. Do you guys have any other thoughts? I, I, I think, I, think I made the right choice of uh, best film of the decade. Yeah. Dude, I, I, it's hard to argue against it. I mean, it's, it's, it's one it's of those no films... It's no interstellar, but it's good. But it's definitely one of those films, and, and, and Interstellar is even one of those movies where how on earth can you um, trust people to understand it the, uh, with one viewing? Like, arguably, most people will see a movie once, right? Like, there aren't as many people as, like, the four of us who will obsess over a film and watch it numerous times. What does Fincher think about the the popcorn going Friday night audience that goes to see social yeah. social? Network I don't think he cares, once. but I think it's, really? a, it's almost like a good coach. It's like a good basketball coach. Like mm-hmm. you you challenge your players to be better. You you don't look at the the skills that they have and adjust your your playbook by that. You say right. this is my playbook. If you can't match it, let's get better. Yeah, but, yeah. But Fincher Fincher and Nolan are filmmakers who get to make smart films that reach global audiences. So, like, for example, mm-hmm. like, you know, Fincher Gone Girl comes out and he makes it meticulously mm-hmm. and it still plays to a broad audience. It still hits that commercial success. Nolan does the exact same thing. Dark Knight is nothing more than heat 
but with a $200 million budget. And then at the same time, he's, he's, he's making a great film, but also a film that is, is digestible by everybody. Like Gone Girl made a ton of money as did Interstellar, as did uh, Dunkirk and Dark Knight. Dunkirk making the money it made for a British World War, a British war film in the middle of the summer and, and with American audiences is just, is, is a testament to what Nolan does. He, 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 yeah. he creates a glow. Uh, I think the, you mentioned, I, I think the British war, th- I don't think that's as, um, I think that's a pretty, I don't think that's as like, no, I think that American audiences are just going to watch a war. Yeah. Right. But I, I think it's, it, I think if you say if, it's a, it's a war film, it's a if war Nolan's film. If Nolan's name was not on Dunkirk, it would not have done that well. Sure, sure. So, I mean, my, a lot of things would have like a lot of things would have been wrong about it if he hadn't made. But it. for example, I think Social Network would have done just as fine if Fincher wasn't a name in the sense of like people yeah, aren't seeing yeah, Social yeah. Network because David Fincher directed it. They're going to see the movie because it's a Facebook film. It's about Facebook, Dunkirk yeah. is being seen because it's Christopher Nolan. I think I would argue they go for Nolan versus like we, yeah, but it's also but I think it's also smartly a wartime action movie. Like it's it's you can market it as a we're going to go see a war movie. And those I think do those have a baseline True. of success. But I guess social network, I think would have done the exact money it did without presenting it as a David Fincher film. And I think Dunkirk would have done less without presenting it with Nolan's name. So I mean, the selling point. Aaron Sorkin has something coming up called the trial of the Chicago seven. Yes. He directed it. Is, I think, is this a theatrical movie I, or it's going to streaming? It's got Eddie Redmayne. Sasha these Baron days Cohen, I never know. Jeremy Strong. Uh, Mark Rylance, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's got a great cast to yeah, it. Yeah, they've been Frank shooting Langella's it. Frank in it. Oh, have they really? Yeah. I just, I mean, you know, part of the reason why this movie works as well as it does, of course, is Fincher, but it's Sorkin's screenplay as well, too. And um, it's, uh, I would imagine it's not going to streaming because it's Amblin, but, you know. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Fincher's next movie is going to streaming. Mank? It's going to streaming? Yeah. Well, what? I mean, it's a Netflix, Netflix right? movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but hopefully I mean, maybe like I'm a Quaron sh- or Scorsese, he'll argue for theatrical. It'll get its like week and a half or two, three weeks in Landmark or other non-AMC uh, yeah, yeah. or Universal places. Hey, by that time, AMC might need every movie and get its no hands joke. on. <laughs> they may be begging Fincher to put it in theaters. So, all right, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in to our first uh, audio commentary or and video commentary to uh, one of our favorite movies. Oh, God, we were it- on video this whole time? This whole time, yes. Oh, no. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Please let us know through the various ways of communicating with us. Uh, Emails, realblend at cinemablend.com. You can go to the Twitter feed, uh, at realblend. Of course, you can um, hit us up on social media, like I said. I don't know. How else can they communicate with us? That's it. Social media. Email, social media. That that covers all the bases. And if you guys... We have a page on Facebook? Yeah, we do. A community page. That's right. So if you guys enjoyed this, um, we'll put another poll back up if we get a good response to this, and we'll decide what our next movie is going to be. Oh, Jake, you brought up a good point. The the ones that also received votes should still stay in contention. So you you get a a new pick? It is is, um, May 1st, so a lot of movies were added. Uh, to Netflix, so you you have more to choose from. Hold on a second. Yes, I didn't know this. What you haven't seen Road to Perdition? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I have seen it. I would like to revisit oh, it. Okay. I haven't seen it in okay. a very long time. Okay, okay. I think okay, I yeah, only yeah, saw yeah. it the different. one time in theaters when it came out. That's fair. Which is almost um, twenty years ago. I don't ago. think I've seen it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it since. So I would kind of love to catch yeah, up with it. Um, so maybe I've, I've been seeing since they put it on Netflix. I've been seeing a lot of people tweet that they are in the same boat as you, and also revisiting it. And it's nice to see people sort of this newfound love. I, I who was it the other day? Someone asked me, 
have I ever seen Road to Perdition? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I have. Oh. I've that's seen cute. It. <laughs> that's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this um, first DVD commentary for Social Network. Uh, and say goodbye, boys, I guess. Goodbye, boys, Dunkirk. I guess. Goodbye. Dunkirk, yeah. Boys, I guess. Dunkirk. Social <laughs> Dunkirk. Network. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.